I'm Arlen Hamilton, and I'm an investor. In 2015, I launched Backstage Capital, a venture capital fund, after experiencing food and housing insecurity for most of my life. I wanted to invest in companies led by founders who are women, people of color, and LGBTQ, just like me. I have invested in more than 150 companies since 2015 and growing. I started Your First Million to understand what it was like to make your first million dollars, get your first million fans or downloads, and to see if there was a common thread between us all. Join me as I talk to people from all walks of life about how they got where they are, what they learned on the way, and where they're going. And for those of you who are wondering, yes, I made my first million. <laughs> Let's talk about it. They slept on me, but now they won't. Because I got a million. Fresh out the mud, but I'm clean and so. Because I got a million. I got my first million. I got my. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to your first million. Today, I have an interview with AJ and Simon, who are a couple who do a lot of influencing and content. Uh, work and they just have the best videos. I love their videos. One of their videos that went to a million uh, views featured my book kind of in the background, which is really, really cool. Um, so we'll talk about how that came about, how they met, what they do to help founders uh, and other people work on their own content, so social content. And it's just really fun and really interesting. And I love this episode because we're not talking about necessarily dollars, a million dollars. We're talking about a million views and in their case, millions of views. So you'll learn exactly how they got to their first million views. I know so many of us uh, think about that, whether we're working on it for our job or just for fun or hobby, you wonder how that happens and what it's like once it does. So this will be great for you all to listen to. I learned a ton from this interview and uh, they're just really, really great guys. Before we start, I want to give a shout out to my friend Justin Kahn's pod, The Quest. Justin co-founded Twitch and sold it to Amazon for almost a billion with a B, a billion dollars. The Quest is about eternal growth. We all have our own battles to fight. Justin dives into the ups and downs of trailblazers around him from tech, the NBA, K-pop and beyond to help you figure out life and get to where you want to be. Check out The Quest with Justin Kahn on Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also listen to my interview with Justin on episode 11 of Your First Million or season one of his podcast, episode seven of The Quest. All right. Hi. Simon and AJ, how are you doing? Good. How are you? I'm doing well. And do did I say that right? Is it AJ and Simon or Simon and AJ? Do you have a specific way you like to be? We go to? either or. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Because you all are. Let me let me see if I if I can get this right. You all are a couple. Did I get yes. that part right. Okay. You're a couple, and you're. Do you consider yourselves influencers? Your social media influencers. Uh, I I. 
I would say so in some ways, but not professionals because we do have, you know, other sources of income. And I did come from an influencer background where I started my social media back in 2013 and grew to 1.2 million by 2015. And I dropped out of my third year of college and just using my Instagram literally to just land clients in Silicon Valley. Sure. And that's where I wanted to really showcase that I can grow other accounts, not just myself. And, you know, coming from first generation of no, keep going. But um, uh, I'm going to ask you some questions. <laughs> oh, OK. <laughs> You're interviewing yourself. I'm going to ask you. I just wanted to know, if do you consider yourselves as your title influence? Like, what would you say your title is? I would say we're content creators rather than influencers. Yes. Because when you create content, you can influence people, but not all the time. Yes. OK, so then let's talk about your story. Let, so where do you all live? We're in Montreal, Canada. Oh, nice. And yeah. the way let's let's kind of ground the audience with how we met and how we know each other. Um, and then the fact that this conversation is going to be about uh, a million or more followers and, and, and views and things like that, which I think it's so exciting for this podcast, because most of the time we talk about money, but it has been the podcast was built for all types of your first million. So I just really excited about that. So how do we tell the audience how we met each other? Yeah. So it all started when I DM'd him on Instagram and then we started talking and then we eventually met mm -hmm. in Montreal. And then our second date was in LA. And Your second date was in LA. Yep. So the first <laughs> time we met was in Montreal. The second time was in LA. Nice. And I guess we went from there and trying to build our empire. We tried, we tried long distance for like a month and I'm just like, all right, I can do this since most of my work is actually all my work is remote anyway. I'll just fly out there and let's see where that takes us. So you moved AJ, you moved from LA to Montreal. Yes. Wow. That is so cool. I, I used to have a blog called your daily lesbian moment and some people met in the comments and they like got married or, you know, became a couple and they would move different countries and it was always so exciting. Um, so that is very cool. So you all, what year was this or how long ago? A few months ago, a few years ago? This was back in 2018 and we're going up in our third year this July. Oh, that's so great. That's so awesome. So then you said you had, well, let me close the loop on my thought then. So then how did the three of us meet? Like uh, originally, how did we start talking to each other online? <laughs> you all had so this really cool video, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I found out about you um, when you were interviewing Kehlani in Afrotech 2017. Oh, awesome. And because I got connected with um, her, her company that you invested in yes. and I was doing some background into, you know, into the company and then you were there and I'm like, wow, she's so chill on stage. She's not over, you know, it, she's not, um, overtaking she's very conversational she's so approachable i want to know more about her and then i found that that's where you invest in more people th that come from communities that like where i'm from and i've never heard of any other people like that so i started following your journey ever since then and wow. i would dm here and there and when your book came out um and then i saw your i saw uh, a tiktok trend i thought of incorporating it in hopes of getting a million and it did and it landed us through this opportunity so it's just crazy how it all happened and and how impactful your book is and how that's also part of 
part of our brand, like literally what you're writing, what, what you went through are things that I've been through, what we've been through. So it's just very natural to include that into our into our content. Let's pull a couple of things from that. So first, for, for those listening, one thing that I captured from that is that AJ said that he saw me speak in 2017. So all, like three and a half years ago, because this was the fall of 2017 at Afrotech, interviewing Kehlani. And something struck him there. So if you think about the things that you do, these you're planting seeds. Not everything's going to have an immediate reaction or immediate influence uh, that you know about. That you, you know, I still get people coming to me 15 years ago saying that something I did might have made their day better or something influenced their lives. And so this patience and this idea of cultivating and just doing and putting stuff out into the universe. And it's, it's a, it's a very long game. It's, it's very exciting. And then the second thing I wanted to pull out there is, um, you kind of said, oh, you know, you, you wanted to make a million and you got a million. You said that pretty fast. So let's slow down and talk about that because <laughs> that's so cool. So that, that video that kind of explain it for people who are only listening, like what did the, what was the video like? What was it and how long was it? And what were you all doing in that video? Yeah, it was 15 seconds of just me showing Simon, like this is first scene showing him up and down how my man is in front of the public. You know, he's very quiet and very, um, Reserved. introverted. <laughs> and then how I am at home where it's the complete opposite. Yeah. And that's where you see him on the bed reading your book while I'm just jumping around. Yeah. <laughs> and even right now you're very reserved, Simon, you're very like, you know, chill. And then you're like goofy and silly and like a tomcat at home. <laughs> That's awesome. And so had you already had a million views on a video before? That was actually our first one. Incredible. Incredible. And people were writing to me about it and saying, do you saw your book? Your book's on this thing. And that's how I, I noticed it. And then we were following each other already. It was so cool. So how did that feel? People at home are probably, there are many people who have thought I would love to, to have that many people see a product that I'm doing or my company or about me or my book or whatever. Can you give us any insights into how it ha like what you've learned and how it happened? Do you understand why it got a million or do you, was it like a fluke? Um, I would say it is somewhat calculated. So we also have a social media agency and we actually use this as case studies to propose to our clients like, oh. Hey, we did this, so we should try it this way. And I like to think that virality can't be duplicated. We just, we can just learn from it. And from what I got from it is that we just hopped on a trend and we saw a lot of, uh, we saw a lot of straight couples doing it. So we thought, how can we incorporate this into our brand? How can we make this more inclusive and how can we make this us? So every element that we included in there, including your book, is, 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 uh, on brand for us. And that's where we were able to, I mean, that's how I would extrapolate how we got that many views. Um, although there may be other factors too, such as other variable, uh, do you, do you well, yeah, I mean, we've been <laughs> posting TikToks. We had been posting TikToks every day for months. Mm. Um, and this one specifically, it didn't even pick up that, fast at first when we posted on Instagram, um, reels and on TikTok. at first it was very slow growth. And then suddenly we just woke up a morning and it was 200,000 more views. 
And then we're like, oh my God, this is going viral. This is great. And then just do a work day. And then we go back at the end of the work day and it's like 600 K and I'm like, oh my goodness, we're hopefully going to get to a million. And then we hit 1 million on TikTok, Um, and that was pretty exciting. Yeah. What do, what, do you find that TikTok works, um, better than reels or what have you learned about those two? Cause I know people are trying to figure out the reels algorithm on Instagram. Yeah. I would say that it's right now it's unpredictable, especially with short form video being, being very competitive. So, um, there are instances where our TikTok views when it had over 100 K it would actually do really well too on reels where it reached the same amount. But then there are some TikToks where we would get 20 K views and then we posted it as reels and had 4 million views actually very recently. So there's been some, of course, algorithms always changing. Um, what we would advise people to do if you're creating content is to focus on the quality of content instead of the uh, quantity, because that's what's going to increase your chances of virality. Just do your best. And I mean, I would say hope for the best, but also uh, prepare for the worst. There are times where we're like, oh, this This is going to be great. (laughs) This is going to get so many views. Everybody's going to love it. And it's like (laughs) 600 views. And then we post something super silly that we didn't think, you know, would have any traction. And it's like, oh, Okay, with half a million. (laughs) So it's about, you know, working really hard to create a lot of content that is very high quality and um, grinding, really. It's about posting and being consistent in in the work and eventually it pays off. It also sounds like it it really is rooted in authenticity. Mm -hmm. It sounds like you cannot, as much as you try, even though this is part of like a career of yours, you can't really force people to like something. They have to see something genuine and they see your genuine relationship and your genuine fondness of each other and the ability to be kind of silly and, and fun outside of your own home. That's like, I think, what draws people in to an individual. It's the same thing that makes people want to watch non-scripted television just in a different form. So that I th- th- those are some really great um, takeaways. And you mentioned there was a four million um, view one that just happened. What was oh, that? Which that was, was a that one? very, very fun experience as well. And so it was a, a video of, I don't know if you're familiar with Lardy B. Lardy B. No, but I, I'm starting a, to understand what that is. <laughs> he's a singer who does parody music yes. about food. Yeah. And it was a challenge of her song playing for 15 seconds and try not to laugh to the lyrics because it's a remix of the, essentially a parody of the Cardi B song, um, WAP. Yes. And so we recorded ourselves trying not to laugh. Um, he was laughing. I wasn't, but it was still really funny. Like we were trying so hard not to laugh and it was super authentic and we posted it. And I would say the first week we probably got about 10,000 views. And then out of nowhere, again, out of nowhere, it just started to, to go viral. And all of our friends and friends of our friends would, would message us about, Oh my God, I saw saw a video on my explore page and even got the attention of Lardy B herself. And we talked with her and DM with her and it was very cool experience. And yeah, we hit 4 million views on reels. If business and tech news shapes how we view the future of everything, how are we sure that those who lead the future have the full story when communities of color are rarely considered hubs for business, talent, and innovation? The Plug is the first journalism and insights platform 
examining black tech innovation. By reporting on startups, investors, and corporate partnerships, they're creating business intelligence on the trends shaping black innovation. Check out their data and become an annual subscriber for 15% off with the code ARLAN, A-R-L-A-N. Check them out at tpinsights.com. That stands for thepluginsights.com. tpinsights.com. Let them know I sent you. And are you able to see, like, do you watch other people in your lane and say, or even people who are not in your lane, but on reels and on TikTok, do you say, okay, they have this many views or do you keep track of it? Like a CRM, basically, you know, do you have a spreadsheet that has used to a little bit um, <laughs> <laughs> because we wanted, we are, we're very competitive by nature. So mm. we used to, um, I would say recently, no, um, we like to see what people are doing, creating as inspiration, but we've also found that the, videos and the times that we're the more like ourselves and not trying too hard and just being silly and going with the flow is usually when we do the best. So instead of being trying to be too perfect and have a high standard, we just be ourselves. And usually it actually pays off more than when we're too prepared. I mean, what a big lesson. Someone's listening to this right now and they're having this big light bulb moment. And they're saying, man, I've been trying to do things and I've been really trying to capture people and it's just not working. And I bet you they go and they just do something natural and do something normal and it takes off more. Yeah, uh, for sure. Because I, I was an athlete before, so I always try to go for as close as perfection as you can. And that's why it's so hard for me sometimes to just let loose and and be myself in front of camera and Sometimes it just, you know, happens. And that's usually when we've actually gotten success with our videos. So that's we just have to be more com Like, it's just about being comfortable with who you are and be fully yourself. Yes. Wonderful. Um, you said you had other income streams. What other jo jobs or careers do you have if you want to talk about those? Yeah, so we have a social media agency that helps out uh, Series A through D companies with their social media presence through organic and paid social. So my background has always been in social media, as you know, as a content creator, as well as a consultant, uh, worked for companies such as ByteDance and Calm with their influencer marketing and both social media. So being able to incorporate uh, from our perspective and making that fits the brand's uh, campaigns. That's how we're able to differentiate ourselves from other companies, because I know it's a competitive space, but so far um, we've been in, I would say different uh, verticals. We've been in FinTech, we've been in nonprofits, we've worked on political campaigns. Insurance companies. Insurance companies, yeah. Those trucking are, companies. Trucking, oh, Pierre. Yeah, so yeah. I, I, I got in touch with Pierre. And actually through you, I got in touch with uh, Don and Dr. Nashley and- Amazing, uh, amazing. These are all portfolio founders yeah. that they're listing <laughs> off. That's so cool. Definitely check them out. Pierre's making moves. Yeah, um, yeah. Pierre at Fleeting. With his trucking company, is a tech company. And Don at uh, Popcom, is that who you're talking right. about? Right. And then uh, insurance wouldn't happen to be uh, in, our, in our portfolio, would it? Cause, oh, no, not that oh, one. Okay. Well, you, yeah. well, I'll tell you about it after the conversation. <laughs> we'll get you. Yeah, AJ founded the agency about a year ago. So January mm -hmm. 2020. Um, 
And at the time I was working with startups, um, for the past two years. And then in the second half of 2020, we kind of have a discussion and, you know, what if we just join our efforts and decide to put all, all in into this agency. So now I, I joined as the CEO, um, in late 2020 and now we're just riding this ship. Yeah. That's great. Are you all headed towards your first million? We are. That's great. Slowly but surely. (laughs) You could be at a $10 and heading towards your first million. That's very true. Yeah. I I would like to say, yeah, we do have some plans and we've prepared and (laughs) planned, you know, just, just set, set some, budgeting and and ways how we can reinvest that into our businesses so that we look at it in a long-term view rather than short-term mm-hmm. yeah we've yeah. hit our technically first million as far as like monthly recurring revenue on an annual perspective but we're working really hard for the to hit our 1 million revenue in the trailing 12 months yeah that's so incredible and i just i just love that you all are your own case study for this it's not like you're just talking about it but you've actually done it multiple times when, when, um, you're working with people today, are most of your clients at the agency startups still? I would say yes. Um, most of their, most of them are series A and B. Mm-hmm. So they're, they, you know, they just got funding. They're ready to take off. They want to focus on organic and paid social so they can focus on their acquisition. So that's where we help them build them a custom social media plan based off of where they're at and what their OKRs and company goals are, because strategies depend on what your timelines are and what mm-hmm. you're trying to hit. So um, we help them build out their top of the funnel marketing, middle, bottom, and make sure that we hit it through social media. Yeah. And um, how long do people usually engage you, like before they start seeing some results that they can measure? Yeah, that's a good question because it does vary. Uh, it also, you know, for example, like if a company purchased fake followers, which if you're listening, do not by fake followers, Ever. it will mess up your Instagram account because, and it's just vanity metrics. Mm-hmm. So from there we can see tractions at least we focused on engagement rather than followers because one engagement is a great indicator that your content is, um, is, is, is being interactive for your target audience and two engagement is a better metric to show your successes rather than followers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and from there, uh, we would say that three to six months is a good sweet spot to show the engagement is there. But within the first two weeks, we can, we're confident that we can double or triple engagement because we lay out specific strategies such as hashtag optimizations, which I actually, you know, I sent you some to uh, increase yes, yeah. <laughs> um, and, and also switching your content uh, to make it seem more about your target audience. I always tell our I always tell founders and executives, you know, remove yourself from, you know, from, from your thought right now and tell yourself, no one cares about you or your company. How can we make them care? Mm -hmm. And once you start having that mentality and creating content based off of your audience pain points, that's where that's where you can start getting more engagement. Yeah. There are many people who listen to your first million who are series A and B and um, founders or work at a series A and B company or are investors in their portfolio companies. Some of them are series A and B. So if they're interested and they love your story, they just want your help 
and they want to hire you, how do they do that? What's the process you all have? Yeah, the best way to do that is you can just email me, aj at syzygy.social, S-Y-Z-Y-G-Y dot social. And what's great is we're minority led. So, um, you know, that's another value that we push out there because we have, we come from different cultural, religious backgrounds that are able to come up with these marketing campaigns and content that makes communities more inclusive and diverse. You want to talk a little bit about your background? Yeah. How far shall I go? Um, (laughs) uh, Well, I'm, I'm my, I'm first generation from the Philippines, moved here when I was seven. I am, you know, obviously part of the LGBTQ plus community growing, growing up in a very conservative Baptist uh, family. And I dropped out of my third year of college because my mom was like, all right, this is what you're going to, this is what your career is going to be. And we'll pay for college, but only if you take nursing. And I'm like, oh, I, don't, I really don't want to. And when I started creating content for fun, that's when I realized that social media is a career and you can do things from it. But of course, income for, as an influencer is not s- stable or at least that abundant unless you're at a very high level like Bremen Rock who has 15 million followers everywhere and you can start their own lines. But from there, that's what switched me into consulting to showcase to myself and also to my family, like I can do this, even though you don't believe in me. And this is where I'm at. And this mm-hmm. is how I'm able to do that. And even though you did that years ago, I still plan to purchase a house for you. So you don't have to work anymore for my grandma and my mom. So that's, that's my plan. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to hate by <laughs> revenge by. I would always, I would always joke with my mom. I was like, you know, who's going to choose your nursing home in, the, in, in like 30, 40 years. Yeah. Yeah. Well, do, have they, have they noticed, taken notice of it or is it still something that's like, Oh, that's not a job. <laughs> they, they have, however, they still here and there, they're like, when are you still going to get your degree? I'm like, oh, can you just yeah, you know, just <laughs> yeah. There's some things that are really deeply rooted in some of our families, right? Some expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, it's fun. This is like a side note, but it's fun, like getting to know mothers, new mothers, at the very early stages of having a baby, at and understanding like every single day what they go through with their children, and it makes me understand why my mom, I'm 40 and why my mom still, if she doesn't hear from me in a day, she's freaking out like something's wrong because of all of that. So sometimes, yeah, I I think there's all kinds of stuff, all kinds of baggage we all have, but um, hopefully, um, you know, when you're buying that house and they're turning that key, (laughs) they'll be like, okay, this is cool. I'll take this over the nursing thing. What about you, Simon? What's your, what's your background? Yeah. So I, I'm French Canadian. So French is my first language and I started skating, figure skating. So I was an athlete and I started when I was very, very young and, um, ended up moving to the United States when I was 14 to train. And that's where I've for the first time spoke English and learned English. Um, I was with a, I was living with a family that I didn't really know. They were just housing me essentially right next to the arena, um, living with all my parents. It was definitely, I didn't have the choice, but to learn English and to learn how to provide for myself to an extent. And it was actually like a pretty difficult experience for me because three months after I moved to Michigan, 
I injured my back. So I had three fractures in my lower back and had to take a break of eight months from skating, move back to Montreal to get mm. treatment. Um, I was doing ice, ice dancing. So we had a partner. So eventually my partner found a new partner. So then I had to take a decision, a pretty big decision because I was at the time national champion in Canada. Mm. Um, and I had to take the decision to either quit and just stay in Montreal and be normal and go to school or go back to Michigan essentially by myself with no partner and just try to find someone in the United States, um, which I did. And eventually I had multiple other injuries, including concussions, but I worked really hard to towards my goal essentially. And, um, the highlight was to where I finished third in Armenia, which was a grand prix international grand prix, um, where we posted the seventh best score in the world at the time. Um, in junior. So that was definitely a great experience, but I think it's very different from AJ, but at the same time, it's, it's similar in a way that it's very competitive and you have to compete with a lot of outside factors as well as competitors to make sure that you survive within an industry or a sport or, you know, social media Yeah, or family. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. So it's, it's something that taught me so much, um, because it's so easy to want to quit, but I was so happy, so, um, lucky to have such a supportive family and support system. Um, especially concussions are very hard to deal with mentally. So it was, uh, it was quite an experience, but I'm so grateful for it because it's really prepared me for the professional world. And then after that, I also dropped out of college, um, because of work, work opportunities. And I was an entrepreneur since I was very young. I used to build fort in the forts in the wood and make my friends pay 25 cents to go in. (laughs) And that was my first entrepreneurial experience and essentially never looked back since $25. That's, that's $25. Oh, 25 cents. Yeah. So 25 cents. You got a club going. <laughs> no, I was like six or seven years old, that's but 25 cents when you're, when you're that young, it's something. Hey, so. I had a candy situation going on candy store at, um, uh, in third grade. And I made about $10 profit a week and I was bawling. Yeah. That's great. Nothing back then. <laughs> it was off the, so, <laughs> so when I, I had the opportunity to, either stay in school where I was, I was always really, really good at school. But when I got to college, I felt like I was in a way wasting my time um, with the general classes. And I just felt like I was stimulated enough uh, mentally. So I decided to jump ship and essentially work for a startup and then another one. And then eventually became a board member at 21 and that was something, um, yeah. not necessarily all positive, but you know, it's a, it's an experience and you learn from it. And then I just had the book to work with startups. So I just helped a lot of startups, um, along the way. And I guess now we have our own startup. Yes, you do. And it's a, it's a fantastic, both of you all have these really great, like you said, separate backgrounds that really complement, complement each other in a really great way. 
Um, I want to continue to see what you do. I'm very excited to see what you do next. How do people find you on Instagram and TikTok? And as we close out, um, what are your handles on both? Yeah, our handles are just for do both on Instagram and TikTok. So just for and then D-E-U-X, which is second in French. Which is two in, in French. Yeah. So it's oh, yeah. just for two, but yeah. we wanted to put a little bit of French into it. So it's just for deux. So you can find us there on Instagram and TikTok. Yes. So the French word for two, just for do. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you both so much. It's really cool to getting to know you even better. And good luck with everything. And I think you're going to hear from a few people from this interview. Thank you, Arlen. Arlen. See you later. Bye. Hey, it's Arlen. Thanks for listening to this episode. So I would love to keep up with you online. You can find me at Arlen Was Here on Instagram and on Twitter. That's A-R-L-A-N Was Here. I cannot wait to continue this conversation with you. Your First Million is produced by Anna Eichenauer. Executive producer, Arlen Hamilton. Associate producer, Chacho Valadez. Theme song is used by permission by the artist, Tobey Nuigwe.